Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. There won't be a PowerPoint or anything. Um, uh, Miss Massey can, may have some scripture up there, but uh, like I said, we're just kind of shooting from the hip tonight. Um, we're going to be reading in the book of Luke, and uh, I've kind of titled this little short sermon, Different But de- Desperate. Different But Desperate. You see, Jesus had been traveling around doing different miracles and doing different healings in various places and healing the sick. And he was returning to a a little place called Capernaum. It's a nice little village nestled up in between some mountains and hills and right up against the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful little place. Beautiful little place. And and Jesus is pulling up to the shore. And that's kind of where we begin our, our text um, but there's going to be a contrast here. There's going to be two different but desperate people who are on a mission to get to Jesus. And I'll just go ahead and dive in now to our text. I'm going to be starting in, in verse 40. It's uh, chapter 8. And I'm in the NIV, so it may be different than some and the same as others. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. I just want to stop right there just for a second. Okay, we have a first character in there besides Jesus. We got a man named Jairus and he is coming and he fell at the feet of Jesus and went to pleading for Jesus to come to his house now if you think about that about this time you know the the Jewish leaders are brewing up a scheme to kill Jesus so this man is pretty desperate to go out and do this kind of thing in the open for one and for another, you know, be kind of a leader like he was, and to bow down at somebody's feet like that is another thing. So here he is. He's falling down at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. You know, what would make this man so desperate that he don't care no longer what his colleagues are thinking about him going to somebody that they hated and despised? In verse 42, it tells us, because his only daughter, his only daughter, a girl of about 12 years old, was dying. Now, just think about, I know some of you have kids, some of you don't, some of you have multiple kids, but imagine having one daughter, one daughter, and then you think about her being at the age of 12. That's a precious age because at, at, at the age 12, they're still your little sweetheart. Because we all know at the age 13, something happens and they transform, right? <laughs> so she's still at the sweet age of 12. And here her daddy is coming to plead for her life. Okay, now as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. I mean, he is so popular. I mean, they're just about to crush him. Uh, could you imagine this crowd 
so thick and so involved in getting to Jesus that they're actually almost crushing him. He can't even hardly move. And a woman was also there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. I want to stop right there and I want to contrast for a minute. We have a man versus a woman. And then we have a we have Jairus. And then versus an unnamed woman. It's just a woman. We have a leading citizen versus a lowly person. We have the leader of a church versus someone who's not even allowed to participate in church. We have a dying 12-year-old daughter versus someone who has been bleeding and hemorrhaging for 12 years. So in verse 44, desperate. She's desperate. She came up behind him, behind Jesus. She didn't come up in front of Jesus, Val. She came up behind him. You know, she wasn't even good enough to be seen. She had to come up behind, lowly, bent down and stooped down, behind Jesus. And she touched his head, shoulder, no. Lower than that, his arm, no. Touched the, the, the edge of his cloak, the hem, right down here at the very bottom, be like the very bottom of my britches right there, the hem of his cloak. And just as soon as she touched just the garment dangling off of Jesus Christ himself, Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Immediately. And then verse 45, they're all moving through there, and Jesus says, Who touched me? Well, can you imagine the way everybody just stopped right then? Who touched me, Jesus asked. I, I, I didn't. I didn't touch him. It wasn't me, Lord. It wasn't me. Everybody is touching him. It says they was crushing him on all sides, right? But nobody's going to admit they was touching him. Who touched me? Then Peter, the man who wasn't bashful at all, said, uh, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. And you ask, who touched me? I think you perform one or two many miracles, Jesus. You better take you a break. Right? But Jesus said in verse 46, Hold up, Peter. Someone touched me. How do you know someone touched you? I know because power gone out from me. Jesus could feel power going out. That healing power that immediately stopped that woman's bleeding of 12 years. Then the, the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. You ever been a little kid? I know all y'all was at one time. And, and you done something, and the tension was called, and everything got quiet, maybe in a classroom, maybe at home. It was line-up time. 
All right, who done it? I want to know who done it. There, you know, and then there's that silence. And then you know, <laughs> you know, you've got to confess. Mom's going to find out. So you go up there trembling. It was me. I, I just picture this woman is, is going up there trembling because she knows she can't hide it any longer. She's been healed, so she goes up there trembling. And she fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had instantly been healed. I just want to stop right there just for a second. Now, I think this must have been very hard for the woman to do. Everything she has done to this point has been hard. But, for, but to sit there and to tell the whole crowd that she had this illness and admit to it and then admit to being kind of sneaky and going up and just touching him. You see, when I first became a believer after about a year, Brother John asked me to do a testimony. Well, by then, I was turning my tarnished reputation around, and I didn't want to remind anybody who I used to be. But I did. Not to brag on myself, but just to tell you about the power of Jesus Christ and how He can transform your life. I don't care what kind of habits you got. I don't care how low you think you are, how depressed you are, how bad your situation is. When Jesus Christ gets a hold of you, boys and girls, you're a new person. And she stood up there, trembling, fell down at his feet. I touched your garment. I touched your garment. And she was instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter. Imagine Jesus saying, daughter to you. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Just that word peace. Just think about that word for a moment. Peace is missing in a lot of part of our lives this day and age. Just that peace. Jesus told her to go in peace. This lady has been struggling for 12 years. 12 years. And by the way, those 12 years, she wasn't able to attend church functions because she is ceremonially unclean. Yep. Oh. Could you imagine how good it was being able to step back in the door of God's house and worship again with other people? Mm. But let's get back to our other character if you will. In verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, Your daughter is dead. He said, Don't bother this teacher anymore. There's nothing you can do. Your daughter's dead. Pause. I want you to think about Jairus now. Here he is, He's done all this stuff to go out of his way 
to go find Jesus, you know, and risk the ridicule of the other leaders and what they might say. They, he may even get kicked out of the synagogue himself, but he's worried about that 12-year-old daughter of his. And here he is. He went, he went and done all that, fell at his feet, and he's been following Jesus. I don't know how long they've been walking. And, you know, it could have been a long time. And the whole time he's like, man, can't you walk any faster, Jesus? Quit shaking hands with everybody. Leave that boy alone. Let's just go. Come on, let him go. Get out of the way. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter. And then Jesus stops. What are you stopping for, Jesus? Keep going, keep going, my daughter, you remember? And he starts asking, who touched me? Like, what's this guy talking about? I don't, I don't care who touched you. I need you to touch somebody. Oh. And then somebody comes up and says, your daughter's dead. Now, it doesn't say, and this is all just a guess, but I wonder, you think he may have threw a tantrum right then and there? I, woman, if you hadn't gotten away, we could have made it to my daughter. He could have been healed. I don't know. He may have. What would you have done in that situation? Would you have been a little bit testy? I know I'd have been kind of anxious to get Jesus to my daughter, right? I don't know if he threw a fit. I don't know if he's like, oh, it's all, you know, I can't believe that it's you, it's you, woman. You know, I don't know if he did anything like that or not. But I know mentally he had to be thinking, you know, if this hadn't have happened, we could have been this far and probably to my daughter by now, right? But Jesus is kind of teaching him a little lesson too. You, you think, again, this is just an idea, but you think maybe Jairus had a problem with being patient? You know, Job ain't the only one in the Bible that had a lesson on being patient. So, could you imagine trying to be in a hurry? Have you ever... You know, if you're a fast walker and you've walked with somebody that's real slow, and you know, you're like this right here, you can turn around. You know, and you got to learn patience, you know. Maybe the whole time there, Jesus may have done one distraction after another, after another, after another, you know, just teaching, teaching patience. And then his last lesson of patience right here is when he finds. He finds out his, doctor, his daughter's dead. Don't worry about bothering the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. But while Jesus is still speaking, he hears. And verse 50, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she'll be healed. Okay. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. He may repeat that the whole way home. In verse 51, when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in except Peter, John, James, the child's father and mother. Have y'all ever been around a bedside as somebody passed away? Maybe at a hospital bed when somebody's in critical condition. There's not a whole lot of strangers there, right? 
You've got the essentials. You've got the people closest to you and your family, the people who mean the very most to you are right there next to you as you take that last breath. Jesus started thinning the crowd out right there. He took three people in and another person, including himself, and mom and dad. So they're going to go in to see the girl. Meanwhile, the people were wailing and mourning for her. Back in those days, they had professional mourners. You could just hear it probably for a long time before they even got there. And Jesus... The words in red here. Stop welling, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. <laughs> they, they got plumb out of character. I mean, they were getting paid to mourn. They were professional mourners. You know, they're mourning. I mean, they went to laughing at Jesus. Folks, you know, uh, when you have faith in God, you believe that He's going to do something that the world don't, they're going to laugh right in your face. They're going to laugh right in your face. It's going to sound silly to them. And it's probably going to hurt your feelings. But you know what Jesus done to those people that was laughing at Him? Went back there and opened that door and said, Y'all get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of my life. Get out of there. Right? Get those people out of your life. You don't need them. Yeah, we're Christians, we love everybody, but when it comes to something like that, get rid of those folks. Get rid of those folks. So Jesus got rid of all them. And then he took her by that hand that was not his lifeless hand, and he said to her, Talitha Kuma was in Arabic, which means, my child, get up. And her spirit returned. And at once she, she stood up. And Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Why would Jesus say give her something to eat? Well, if you've been sick for a long time, don't you kind of lose some weight? You get to where you can't eat, you get frail. She needed some nourishment. She's back up on her feet. She's alive again. Feed that girl. Back to her parents. Verse 56 as we close. Her parents were astonished. And what that word means is they couldn't even talk. They were just speechless. But he ordered them not to tell anybody what had happened. I can't tell you exactly why Jesus told them that. But did you ever realize in the Bible where Jesus says, Don't tell anybody? Told the blind man. Go, but don't tell anybody. They told everybody. 
told the parents, don't tell anybody. Everybody knew about this young girl being raised back from dead. But you know what? Jesus' last words told us, go make disciples. And we ain't telling anybody, are we? I fall short of my mission in life. You know what? Me and you, we're different. I'm different from each and every one here. We're all different. But I'm desperate. I'm desperate for a revival for our country. I'm desperate for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of some people. I'm desperate to see God in the White House again. I'm desperate to see God moving in our lives again. I'm desperate to see the country that our forefathers founded. I'm desperate to see people that are lost come to know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him. And I know we're all different, but I know that we're all, whether you see it or not, we're all desperate, desperate for Christ each and every day. I would sink in a second without Him. I am like a rock on top of water. If Jesus ever lets me go, I'm going to sink. There's no way I can stand on my own because without Him, I couldn't make it one second. I'm desperate for Christ. With that being said, we've got a few minutes and we've got some prayer requests that are mighty. And I know he's not going to like this a bit because he's a private man, but I would like each and everybody that's able and willing to come up here and we're going to pray for our pastor because he's pushed himself to where he can't hardly even go. And it just keeps going and going and going. So let's pray for God to rejuvenate and restore this man back to his health. If y'all all would, start making your way down here now. And though he's not here in person, we're going to pray for him. And it's going to be just like we're laying our hands on him in spirit tonight.
While we're all down here, I want to hand the mic over to James. And if we all could join hands and sing one verse of Amazing Grace before we depart. Let's all join hands and brother. Say hey. 